Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max, and today we're going to be starting our Spider-Man series, and we're going to go all the way back to where it all began with Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man film with Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Willem Dafoe, and um, and uh, James Franco, and... This was probably at the dawn of the new age of superhero films that was coming out. You got to think back, you know, back in the early 2000s, I think with the exception of maybe X-Men and maybe Blade, you know, comic book movies had always kind of been looked at and kind of always laughed at as well because Batman and Robin had come out, Batman Forever, say what you want about Batman Forever, but I actually like that film. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace had come out. The Cronenberg um, Fantastic Four had come out. The live-action Captain America had come out. And, you know, comic book movies weren't really taken seriously like they were with Tim Burton's Batman or Richard Donner's Superman. And now, the the Spider-Man animated series of the 90s was really good. But Spider-Man had never been brought to the big screen in a way that was beneficial for the fans now in 98 uh new line did blade in 2000 fox did the very first x-men and in 2002 uh sony came out with spider-man and i gotta say from the i remember the first time i saw that trailer i was like holy shit that looks almost exactly like the 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 animated series come to life and i gotta say man that 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 first spider-man film was incredible there was something about it something felt different the fact that sam raimi was a director and really he had only been known for like horror films like he did the the evil dead series and then he later went on to do films like um uh what is that one uh drag me to hell that was the other one and but this 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 movie felt different in so many ways because like I said, you know, back then, you know, nobody was taking comic book movies seriously. And then I would, I want to say it was because of, because of the huge success that Spider-Man had at the box office. This really was kind of like uh, an adrenaline shot to the heart of this genre. Because in the late 90s, it had kind of died out. You know, had it not been for Blade and X-Men, I don't think they ever would even mention Spider-Man. But the story goes, it's the, it's the, um... It's the origin story of Peter Parker, who's played by Tobey Maguire. You know, he he's bitten by a radioactive spider. And I love the setup from, from the beginning of the movie all the way until he wakes up in his room with those powers. They set up Peter Parker as like this ultimate nerd. And then, of course, uh, they set up Mary Jane Watson, played by Kirsten Dunst, as the girl next door. Because literally, that's what she was. She was the girl next door, the redhead with, you know, who... Peter Parker had a crush on the relationship he has with his best friend Harry played by James Franco was good Willem Dafoe as uh, Norman Osborn was really good and from what I understand he had a lobby to get that role because Sam Raimi thought he was a little too old for that character now you know what I'll save that for later but I was going to talk about the suit but I'll get to that later but I gotta say man the the idea that this really exists like from the scene from when he gets his powers he starts climbing the wall and jumping the buildings and things like that you know i still laugh every single time he's trying out his webs and he's like up up and away web you know all that is 
still hilarious to me and things like that and then um then cliff robinson who plays uncle ben uh they do that incredible scene where he's kind of like giving him a heads up like you know he gives him the with great power comes great responsibility uh speech you know peter goes off into the wrestling match and goes one-on-one with Bonesaw, played by the late, great Macho Man Randy Savage, but he gets screwed out of it, and then Uncle Ben dies, and he becomes the hero and things like that, and I gotta say, all the setup from the nerdy teenager to the guy trying to become, uh, the guy who discovers he has superpowers, and then the evolution into the hero, that all happens like in the first half of the movie. At the same time, we also see kind of a uh, a uh, a very enthusiastic Norman Osborn trying to get this new stuff to work to where they can create a super soldier, basically. And unfortunately, his accident in the lab results in him returning into the Green Goblin. Now, Willem Dafoe looks and sounds creepy enough as it is already, just... Those demented eyes, those that smile, you know, everything about him screamed, you know, comic book villain and things like that. His performance was really good. I got to say his performance um, as the Green Goblin really stands the test of time. Even to this day, he's probably by far one of the best, you know, Spider-Man villains. Now, we're going to save the villain talk for the rest of the film, for the rest of the movies when we do those series. But Willem Def- I think the only issue I have with Willem Dafoe is the costume. You know, the costume looked more, it looked more like a tactical suit, you know what I mean? Rather than it being like the Hobgoblin from the TV show or even the, um, uh, or even like a, you know, just a basic mask or something like that, it really kind of bothered me. A lot of people say it kind of reminded them of Power Rangers, and I always thought that was an easy way out. I was like, yeah. Everybody says that. I don't look at it no, so much as Power Rangers. I look at it more so as like, um, you know, this this really, it, it didn't work. Like, f- from the time we see him as Norman Osborn to the time we see him as the Green Goblin, it's all really good. You know, it, it stems from the fact that he really is kind of losing his mind. Like, that scene where you first see the Green Goblin and Spider-Man go head-to-head at the, at the Times Square scene, that's really cool. But then you see the suit in full motion, you see the mask, you see the glider, you see all that, and it kind of does remind you of Power Rangers in a way. And everything about Willem Dafoe's performance is good until we get to that moment. And it's like, ah, the reveal of the outfit was a little bit underwhelming, but it worked for the rest of the movie. Like, it worked for Sam Raimi's world that he had created. And um, it, it it was fascinating to see that. And then I think one thing that I think the one I think an underrated speech from that movie, like everybody remembers the the with great power comes great responsibility speech. Everybody knows that speech because it's a comic book reference. Stan Lee went into great detail with that and things like that. And so, but one speech in, from that movie is Willem Dafoe's speech about despite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. What everybody likes to see is a hero fall. The hero falling part, it's like you're no different than me, Spider-Man. The, you, you, you'll you save these people time and time and again, but when they don't need you anymore, they turn their back on you. And that's the old typical, 
it wasn't I I I really didn't understand. It was the that was probably the first time as a kid. I remember being like maybe 10, 11 years old when the movie came out, and that was the first time that I heard a villain speech that made sense because it would have been like years later like when Dark Knight came out and when the Joker says I'm not a monster, I'm just ahead of the curve. You know, when the villain's speech starts to make sense, you realize that, you know, as an adult now, you look back and you kind of understand where the villain is coming from. But yeah, I mean, that speech always resonated with me. The fact that, you know, he tried to do everything he could to protect the city, but the one time, you know, uh, it 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 uh, it really kind of comes to a head. They do turn on him in a way. But then again, that's always been in the comic book. You know, that's New York for you. They don't care. You know, and uh, everything. Yeah, that first Spider-Man. Oh, my God. I got to talk about J.K. Simmons uh, performance as J. Jonah Jameson. That guy, if 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 the perfect casting choice was ever going to be used for a comic book movie, the first person straight off the bat would definitely have to be J.K. Simmons as as J. Jonah Jameson. Those those scenes in the um in the newsroom, in the uh, uh, at the Daily Bugle, those are fucking hilarious. The fact that you know when he meets Peter Parker, when he has that moment with the Green Goblin, everything, and the fact that you know he's in all three Spider-Man films, and yet they brought him back for you know Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and you know that's 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 saying something. That really is freelance. It's the best thing in the world right now for a kid your age. You bring me some more photos of that web crawl, I'll take them off your hands. But I never said you had a job. Meat. Give you a box of Christmas meat. It's the best I can do. Go on. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. That character alone was hilarious in the comic book and in the animated show. But um, J.K. Simmons was probably the only person I can think of that can probably bring it to life. And uh, I'm glad that he's still around to this day. I would have liked to have seen him in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but uh, I don't know how that would have worked, because that's a completely different tone, but even though they brought him back for, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, that's that, that definitely has to say something. But anyways, um, overall, this was such a great film. Everything about, um, everything about that first Spider-Man really kind of set the tone for what was later to become, you know, uh, all these comic book movies that came afterwards. I think Daredevil came out after that. Daredevil, Hulk, X-Men 2, and I think Fantastic Four were all the ones that came out after that. So Spider-Man really kind of set the standard really high as far as great uh, superhero movies were made and things like that. Uh, a lot of people complain that Tobey Maguire was a little bit too old to play the character, but I think he played a pretty good uh, Spider-Man. His Peter Parker was a little bit to kind of get used to. Like... Yeah, he, he, there are those moments where he did seem a little bit older than everybody, like the oldest guy there in the high school scenes. But then again, so did Joe Manganiello. If you didn't notice that, you know, as Flash Thompson, he looked a little bit, you know, almost like a 30-year-old man, you know, playing a, you know, 17, 18-year-old kid and things like that. But my biggest thing was, like, his maturity in, in part two and three got better. His first outing as Peter Parker was really good. His Spider-Man was really good. Um, I could care less if he has web shooters or not, whether they're organic or they're or they're home, or they're homemade or things like that. I can I can look past that because the movie was really good. Sam Raimi did an amazing job with that first Spider-Man. Um, 
we'll cover the other two as we get there and then of course we're also going to get into Andrew Garfield and the two Tom Holland films as well and as also we're also going to cover um, into the Spider-Verse but anyways guys that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode if you liked it be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you're getting your podcast from, like and subscribe to The Madhouse and things like that. Follow The Madhouse Podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter. What did you guys think of Sam Raimi's very first Spider-Man film? Did you enjoy it? Did you think Tobey Maguire was too old? Did you think Green Goblin looked like a Power Ranger? Whatever the case may be, whatever the uh, uh, whatever your opinion is, let me know. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come as like I've said we're going to be covering all the Spider-Man films individually as well as other films I know No Time to Die had already been out but you know that episode is going to come very soon uh, Hawkeye I don't know if I do an episode 5 Hawkeye because if anything I'm depending on the timing on when it comes out and what else I got going on I might wait till episode 6 to drop my review for both of those um, uh, we'll see what happens be on the lookout for more uh, episodes as they come out. There's a few films that uh, that I haven't covered yet on the, on this podcast that I'm probably going to cover in the next couple of days. Uh, so stay tuned. More to come. Hope And I want to say at the end of the year, like I think after, I do want to see West Side Story. I do want to see, obviously, Spider-Man No Way Home. And then there's, uh, if you guys are interested in the movie American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, uh, I'm definitely going to review that. But I think after that movie, I will be uh, conducting my own video for the top 10 best films of 2021, as well as the top 10 worst films of 2021, as well as, you know, what my anticipations are for 2022. So be on the lookout for all that as they come. And as always, guys, embrace your inner madness.